listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the 9to5 Entertainment System. Reminder, if you enjoy 9ES, uh, maybe head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and toss us a few bucks and upgrade to the 9ES Deluxe Package, which includes a mailbag uh, where you can submit your questions and we can answer them, and also a bonus episode each and every episode of 9to5 Entertainment System comes with an episode called Garbage Time, which is exclusive to Patreon subscribers. On this week's episode of Garbage Time, we talk about Avatar, uh, the Amazon Prime show Invincible, and some delightful stories about Orson Welles. But on the main episode of 90s, we talk about old men in the NHL, Grumpy's Bar, Godzilla vs. Kong, Godzilla King of Monsters, Mortal Kombat, the movie, and the ending of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we also talk about Mortal Kombat, the video game. All this and more on 90s. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and vote for us on Cult Montreal's best podcast of Montreal. was a, a hockey fact that was on television moments before the recording of this episode started. Oh. And I want to share it with you right now. I love facts. So the two fourth lines of the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leaf combine for something like 5,000 points in 6,000 games. Because <laughs> it's Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, Eric Stahl, and Corey Perry. That's amazing. And then there's two other dudes. And even Pro League has a couple games, but then I think uh, there's someone else in that mix who doesn't have enough, who, who is not, not a contributor to that figure in any, like, Jake meaningful Evans. way. Yeah, exactly, or whoever. But yeah, I was like, that's that's pretty redonk when they're just like, they were like, Revenge of the Greybeards on, yeah. on the fourth line. Well, was... yeah, Joe Thorne, who is currently playing the highest level of professional hockey you can, was drafted in 1997. Yeah, that's nuts. That's that's insane. It's it's crazy. Well, and what is it like? Marlowe's kid is like somewhere on elite prospects or whatever it is yeah. while he's still in the league. Not quite draft eligible, but like your dad is still playing in the NHL while you're being scouted. Pretty yeah, nuts. No, Keith Joe Thornton got drafted before I met you. Yeesh. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Thornton drafted before before you met John, possibly. No, you were no. you were. In, when did you start Dawson though? Ninety eight, ninety nine. Ninety nine. So yeah, probably no, that's before. not right. There's no way I was in Dawson for four years before John showed up. <laughs> you were at went to a whole other campus. <laughs> they told legends of that campus. <laughs> I think that makes sense, right? Because I was born in 81, skipped a grade. What year did you graduate? High graduate? School, oh, right. <laughs> I have no idea. 97? Well, then you would probably... Mm, yeah, I was probably 98 when I got there. Because you're a year or two older than me. I can't remember. Yeah. This is compi- compelling podcast. To talk compelling about. stuff. How Com- old are these three white guys who are talking to you? Almost old enough to get vaccinated, in my case, and then vaccinated in Scott's case because he works for Frontline and about to be vaccinated because of Asmar. For but Alex, Alex Jones says we're all going to die from it. Alex I'm Jones second guessing a, it now. Alex Jones made a statement that everyone who takes it will be dead inside of 10 years. Not like a percentage. Everyone. <laughs> like, it would be ah. a good solution to overpopulation. I mean, it would be. 
Except uh, for all the people who didn't get the vaccine would be the ones left. Yeah, well, and exactly. the people who were warned ahead of time. Right. So the people who listen to Alex Jones. Exactly. Oh, no. That's much worse. <laughs> so if they're, they're be... saying, yeah, 30% of Republicans, I guess, equates to 15% of population. No, less than that. 10%? Wait, less than that. Because popular, okay. Yeah, what is 30% of 50%? A third of 50? Yeah. Three-fifths? Or one... What's a third of 50? 17-ish? 18-ish? So yeah, 18% of the population, if you're thinking they're 30% of Republicans are not getting vaccinated. Anyway, they're around. Uh, But yeah, no, I think I was like, um, everybody, Quebec opened up the... uh, the registration time time slots for the entirety of the country. By the country, I mean the country of Quebec. Mm-hmm. Meaning, uh, Legault looks to be on track for vaccinating everybody by the Fête Nationale, which seemed kind of like a long shot when he said it, but now it's looking like kind of down to the wire, but doable, right? I think that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then then and most people, from what I understand, their second vax, their follow up dates are within about. Uh, like three, three and a half months of the first date. So that puts us into like early October where maybe we can record the podcast in person again. Jeez. The thing it's like that. <laughs> the exciting thing. The, I mean, the, the go plug yourself guys are really, really, and, and girl, I guess Ines is down with this plan as well, are really down. They're like, what we should do is we should do our first like podcast back that we're allowed to do in person. It's like just with the hosts and after like, a lot of heavy drinking and just make un- <laughs> like like an hour of unusable like blackout drunk audio and be like here's a podcast <laughs> full of like shitty audio issues nobody's talking close to the mic or anything. but do it at grumpies right yeah exactly yeah. at grumpies that's it yeah. just just take over the back of grumpies mic up everybody and just make it a complete and total shit show you like, guys really have to leave no <laughs> shut up ram <laughs> do you know if they're still open I mean, they still exist. Do they, though? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they occasionally post on uh, on Facebook and stuff and whatever, being like this and this is like people are still there. I think they have been around long enough that I, there's like a couple places I know that have gotten kind of like rent subsidy deals where mm-hmm. it's just like take the time and when you're there, you're there. Because it's like a, the more savvy, less evil uh, landlords of Montreal have kind of like woken up to the fact that you know like no income is shitty and then when this ends uh bars are going to be booming again Mm -hmm. (laughs) so do you want to like deal with a new person renting your bar or the old person that you have a really good working relationship with yeah so uh, like i said a lot of the landlords on the on the less shitty end of the spectrum have been apparently working uh working deals and stuff with the bars because they know that there, it's going to be probably a huge boom once everybody gets vaccinated For and sure. stuff. So sure. apparently, apparently, from what I've heard, Grumpy's is in that that ladder. Like that's kind of why they opened up even in uh, when they could, when they legally could. And apparently, they were. I, I, which I'm I'm a little sad I never went because apparently they were like delightfully on brand about being like real shitty about making sure you were separated. Like like just like like people getting up and like going from one table to the other and being like, you need to get out right now. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Grumpies be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like no warnings or anything. Just like, yeah, that's it. Leave. <laughs> like, which it was like, 
kind of good for them. But yeah, they opened up knowing they were saying like, listen, like, don't feel not to feel ob- obliged. It's good for them. They, a lot of them, I'm sure, are getting not in the money that they were used to from rent or whatever. But they were like, it's we we think we're going to be OK. So knock on wood for grumpies. That's the the lockdown has been good for grumpies in one way though. They've been able to reorganize the back room like six or seven times now because of the, the shutdown. <laughs> so maybe they're gonna open that bar back there. Although I'm sure it's long gone. Yeah, yeah, the bar bar's way gone in the back. Yeah. They the last Oh no, they brought it back at like number four and then they tore it down again. It's just Yeah. No, like I was saying, but it, it's, yeah. it's for the last year or two though it's been pretty much locked into the the leather bench seats all around the right. uh the back area and stuff which i think kind of maximizes their seating potential while still having like tables because everybody was like yeah we like little tables to sit around this is grumpies like well, you don't mingle mm-hmm. <laughs> you, <laughs> you sit down and you drink yeah, professionally. yeah exactly yeah. uh yeah, I don't. I I am very excited for the possibility. I mean, like, like again, October seems like a, a long way away, but also seems like within sight. You know, mm-hmm. like five five more months after the fourteen, you're like, what is? Who cares anymore? As long as those Indian variants don't uh, bypass the vaccines, or who knows what. Yeah, that's that's the real terrifying possibility is that that we go into this longer with a variant that like makes the jump and jumps out of uh vaccination because apparently none of the vaccine none of the very like the variants are resistant but not like immune to the vaccine mm-hmm. or whatever it is so knock on wood that that happens uh, anyway, yeah. I, so how about them godzillas godzillas this is where we need to vaccinate against godzillas godzillas <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you end up watching both, or did... no? I just got King of Monsters. Aww. Aww. King of Monsters. At the end of the movie, though. he's the king of monsters. He was the king of monsters. <laughs> Rodan or whatever bows before him. It's pretty dope. Yeah. And he kills Mothra because Mothra has to Mothra die. Mothra has movie. to die. No, he doesn't kill Mothra. Freaking um, Rodan king... does. No, King Ghidorah. Yeah, kills, kills Rodan and then or um, Mothra and then but then it, it's like a trick because Mothra releases the nuclear energy to juice up Godzilla, and which is yeah. <laughs> which is also something that kind of um, I feel was a, a missed opportunity in Godzilla versus Kong mm-hmm. was <clears throat> maybe there was a throwaway line of dialogue but because I had watched the thing and knew that. Uh, Godzilla gets juiced up in Godzilla King of Monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like the, the, first of all, the, the opening scene of Godzilla versus Kong is, is the best. Cause it has their, like their win rates and their previous tallies and stuff like that against like the other monsters where it's like, does it, like, does Mothra it sum disease. every one of the Godzillas from like, cause this is like the 34th or something. Oh yeah. The, no, no, no. Only, no, only in the new with, verse. Okay. okay. It starts with um, Godzilla. Matthew Broderick. No, 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 no. That's, the, that's Zilla. The, um, the breaking bad Godzilla. Okay. okay. Yeah, but that's it. But yeah, it run, runs through their 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 confirmed kills and whatever else, like almost like a bracket. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like at the beginning, sort of like, and but then they established in the movie that they were like in the nonsense of their origins, where there's like a planet inside of the planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the thing they get into in Godzilla versus Kong, and there's <laughs> light ever. in there. Who knows? Honestly, that was King of Monsters at its best. Was when they're like, "Yeah, there's a tunnel through the planet. Just deal with it. Whatever." They, they go back to that in Godzilla vs. Kong. There's yeah. just like there's a tunnel in Hong Kong that you can jump through and get to the center of the Earth. No, it's fine. No, in Godzilla vs. Kong, Godzilla makes a tunnel. 
Oh, right. Like, roaring at the ground to the center <laughs> of the earth yes. to yell at King Kong. <laughs> For King Kong to come up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, but, but they established that they're two apex predators. And Godzilla really seems to have the advantage. I would say in both encounters. Uh, and I was like, I felt there was an opportunity in Godzilla versus Kong to be like, well, of course, because Godzilla's juiced up with radiation now. Like this is this is not them in nature. In nature, they would be like an equal on equal footing. But if I remember juiced- correctly, from Kong Skull Island, he's just a big monkey. Godzilla shoots goddamn lasers and eats radiation. How, how are they? How is that supposed so, to be a fight? Well, because they're all titans. Yeah. And the and as exemplified in Godzilla versus Kong, it's it's Kong is much smarter. Like it's the same thing. Yeah. I think that like how did humans subjugate right, right, monsters? Right. Is they're more intelligent? And it shows like in Godzilla versus Kong, like he literally has an axe. Like he can grab a weapon and use a weapon and like use his environment. He's like Godzilla is absolutely more has more firepower coming to right. the fight. But like right. you're supposed to be like Kong can be smarter and whatever. Okay. That's like the, the thing. But Godzilla still pretty much gets the upper hand because I'm like, yeah, he's not really Godzilla. He's radiated, juiced up Godzilla. So mm-hmm. it's not even like the fair fight I, it would be several thousand years ago. I, I think they did a nice job in Godzilla versus Kong of avoiding who gets over who. Because Godzilla beats King Kong pretty handily, beats him. Yeah. And then, when, 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 he, when he's like sedated. And then Mecha Godzilla beats Godzilla. Yeah, nice. And then Kong beats Mechagodzilla. You're just yeah. like, huh. I think that that that's the Who spoiler when we one? Yeah, they, like, well, well, no, they tag team him. Like, no, Kong gets Kong, the death shot, Kong but they absolutely his... are tag teaming him. Like, nah, they're Kong, like Kong rips his arm off first. Yeah, but they're, they 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 set each other up. There's there's a lot of tag team maneuvers and whatever. And I think that was yeah. the big that was the big spoiler that I was not didn't want to talk about. In the last one, and you were so sure, Scott. You were just sort of like, "Oh, maybe it's a post-credit sequence." I was like, "No, man, Mecha Godzilla is in it <laughs> to win it. <laughs> like, like he's the third act. Is Mecha Godzilla showing up? It's not a like a tease with like his eye lighting up or whatever. Like for another sequel, you're like, he shows up and throws down, and then you're like, do Kong and Godzilla have to tag team to fight Mecha Godzilla? Of course they do. And I can't the believe they didn't put that in the trailer because it was amazing." I I like that it was a surprise, like because you're like, oh damn, <laughs> and I love like someone like there's so much stupidity in these movies. <laughs> someone's like, it's a robot Godzilla, and someone's like, no, it's a Mecha Godzilla, <laughs> and I was like, that means nothing to these two people, like to these two characters, that means nothing. <laughs> I appreciate it as the audience member, but I'm like, why are you like, no, idiot, that's not a robot Godzilla, that's a Mecha Godzilla. Of course. Oh, man. So after having having watched it now, mm-hmm. uh, Scott, I'm sorry, John, you'll yeah, see yeah. it sooner or later. It's, it's There's really nothing. Other than the fact that Mechagodzilla shows up, there's really nothing to spoil. Big things smash things, and they do it's, it. It's another two hours of Godzilla King of Monsters. Like, it is. With more monkey thematically, thematically the same. And they give a, like, I would say of the shots I've seen of all of them, probably the most, like, long, wide shots of destruction, where there, yeah, there's no, they, like... They do not go easy on Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. Also, I only found out recently, I was like, that's a little ridiculous. And then I found out, I saw footage of Hong Kong recently that those neon lights on the buildings is, like, a legit thing. Like, Hong Kong does look like that at night. Like, a lot of the buildings ha- have, like, neon, uh, like... Edge trim. 
yeah, neon trim and edging yeah. along the buildings, which I thought was something I was just like, yeah, obviously that's what you put in your monster movie so you can see where all the buildings get smashed. But Hong Kong actually has it. So I was like, Hong Kong, you're just begging to have your city smashed up by lizards when you make your buildings, the outline of your buildings clearly visible in the dark. Yeah, I don't know if they if this was like done first in Pacific Rim or if there's like another movie that has it, but each of the monsters having their own like neon color theme yeah. edging to everything they do so you can keep track of who's who in the big fights. Yeah, for sure. Pacific Rim you know, did it real real well. Really well, really well. Yeah, yeah. and this, this, I mean, there was only two guys, the monkey and the lizard and then the robot lizard. Right. So that was okay. But the buildings all being like nicely outlined in neon lights really like highlighted. And yeah, like exactly the long shots of you're just like, whoa, they're smashing the crap out of this city. It's the best. Uh, Yeah. I said my, my minor gripes, uh, the same, same gripes that was that um, the guy from pitch meeting had, which was just like, so wait a second, the human who's trying to build a robot to help defend humanity against these things is the bad guy. You're like, that's right. Like, it seems like he's just being responsible. You're like, you know Godzilla's and King Kongs are around, and you're like, I'm gonna build a robot to fight these things because we can't just like rely on their like benevolence to not just come and kill us. And also like, they no. get they come back from the dead when you nuke them, and that's the best things we have. And they're just like they're like, No, this guy's gone too far trying to make a robot when we should try to appease the Titans or whatever is the never, good guy plan. Never mind the fact that at the end of king of monsters there's a giant spider there's a rodent like do they deal with that stuff out there. no no <laughs> <laughs> so hold on a second godzilla becomes the king of monsters and they just ignore that so he can fight mecha godzilla and king kong well so what it seems to be is that like god like from what i can put together and a little bit of this is headcanon is godzilla establishes himself as the king of monsters in uh king in of king monsters. of monsters and then at least has like as thanks to the humans potentially for bringing him back to life has like been on a monster ceasefire for a period of time. And I guess because he's the king of monsters that like that holds. And meanwhile on skull Island, they're like, they're researching, they built a big dome around Kong and are researching him. So Kong is also like learning to love and whatever, like he can speak sign language and talks to a little girl. (laughs) And then Godzilla starts attacking out of nowhere and everyone's like, what? Are, oh, my God, like the, the ceasefire is over. What is it? And it turns out that like he's on some sort of a magical primal level drawn to the fact that humans are building Mechagodzilla. So he sees it as a threat. So as long as he didn't see us as a threat, there was like a ceasefire. But why does he attack Kong first? He doesn't. It's, no. he's, he's just swimming. Yeah. And, and Kong is around. And then he, they crash into the boat. And then they kind of fights him. It's like... Well, it, so... John, what what happens is that Kong is uh, in that dome in Skull Island, so Godzilla can't sense him, even oh. though even though Kong is uh, a challenger to the throne just by. Existing. That's right. Kong never kneeled. Yeah. So, so he's got to he's yeah. got to go after Kong. Yeah. They they need a power source that Kong can lead them to to charge up Mechagodzilla, so they release Kong, and then mm-hmm. Godzilla is also like, of course they, they do. Fun. Then they find that power source and email it back. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like as an attachment? That's how they Pretty much. That. Like they get to the center of the earth and they're like, here's the power source. And, he's, and the guy's just like, let me upload the data. And then it's in Mechagodzilla in the next scene. And you're like, the data of a power source? Wait, what? That's amazing. Like It's like a cheat code or whatever. 
If it makes you feel any better, they use that classic computer thing of not using any OS ever discovered, and it's just a big loading bar right across the screen as the email is uploaded. <laughs> it's Daft Punk's interface. <laughs> There's beep boop loading. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and and then the other and the other one was and now that you've seen it, Scott, and like I said, I know she was in Godzilla: King of Monsters, but the Millie Bobby Brown storyline is just like it's just having her around, yep. like it's you're you know she was in the other one she's the I, I know that and she's just around in this movie it's like she, literally her and her friend run around uh they're in hawaii or whatever which was like the site of the first one and then they just go to her magic tunnel so they can be around in hong kong and witness some stuff and then kind of hack mechagodzilla by spilling soda on his console not in hawaii they're in florida oh in florida and they take the magic tunnel train from florida to hong kong that's right. In about like an hour. Yep. <laughs> Whatever the heck it is. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Mm-hmm. She wasn't totally useless in King of Monsters. Like, it was a little ridiculous, but were, were you complaining about her in, in the next one? In yeah. the next one, she's, she's it's, it's not that she's useless. It's just that it's like, it's point, like she's pointless in the movie. Like her right. and her little cruise storyline is pointless and could you could trim 20 minutes off. And like, if you th- if I think about Whoa. the movie Whoa. a couple of years from now. No. No, her and her crew involve the podcaster that saves the world. Oh, that's right. I mean, it's it's an excellent a plot line where there's also yeah the finally we're represented. (laughs) Finally, but yeah, the conspiracy theory podcast who's like the podcaster who's talking about how he's like illegally infiltrated like Mecha Godzilla Core on his podcast, but is still allowed to work there. Like, and I was like, how have they not tracked down who this is? He's like, I'm going into the inner chamber today or whatever the hell. And you're like, someone could be like, okay, listen to your podcast. I recognize you're, that voice. And you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it was good, though. Like, I mean, I, I all, like all of these, all of this dumb silliness that we're talking about fits fine because it delivers on Godzilla versus Kong fighting a whole bunch. Like, when... I would say at least probably 40 minutes of the two hour runtime is just them fighting, like spread out across the movie. Like it's a damn near half the film, which is the biggest problem with most of the Kaiju movies, right? Is that not enough monster smashing. Yeah. And this, this delivers in big, big ways. I'm not sure that it's just that there's like, cause I think King of monsters had some pacing issues. There were times where I felt like, Holy shit, we need a little less character development, a little more something, but it doesn't always have to be monsters smashing. You know, like it could also be people getting ready to be smashed or like complaining <laughs> about having been smashed. There's like other stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. You want to hear my biggest that. complaint? Go. John. You just watched King of monsters. Yeah. And that, that features the delightful uh, Charles dance. Right. Yes, yes, it sure yeah. does. Yeah, Ty, Tywin Lannister. Uh, yeah, I think he 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 was not. He was a little under under delivered. Oh, you think he was under delivered in King of Monsters? Yeah. He is not in Godzilla vs Kong. That at makes all. me really sad. The the guy who ended the movie buying King Ghidorah's severed head is not in Godzilla vs Kong. Maybe at all. they're holding it off. They're, it's like a slow burn because they know they can pump these movies out every six months, so they. You know, I mean, they should because it's a pretty good franchise. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it was great. You know, it was. It it's just, better it than just... the DC franchise. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like like people are like the the Breaking Bad one. People are like so so on. Skull Island's yeah. pretty well liked. King of Monsters yeah. is pretty well liked. Godzilla vs Kong is pretty well liked. Like yeah. you're like that's four movies in five. Mm-hmm. Four. Yeah. 
Four. Yeah, four movies in, and there hasn't been like a disaster, which again, more than DC can say. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep making those. But they don't they don't make the money. The um King of Monsters like kind of broke over the estimated advertising budget plus production costs. Hmm. Yeah. Kong made a lot of money though. The, the new did. one, yeah. Godzilla versus Kong made a lot of money. I really wonder about that, like what the what those models are going to look like now. Like, because so apparently, so Kong King of Monsters has made three hundred and ninety million dollars at the box office in a pandemic, but, but also, but it also HBO cost three hundred and fifty million, right? Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. It says one fifty five to two hundred million on the King budget. of King of Monsters. Oh, okay, no, yeah. no, I'm saying Godzilla versus Kong though. Yeah. So Godzilla versus Kong has apparently doubled its money on a, on a maximum budget of two hundred million. It's almost made four hundred million at the box office. Mm-hmm. But then also, how do you factor in like HBO Max subscribers now because it premiered at the same time as that? So it's like right. four hundred million plus a bunch of people on the service that Warner Brothers owns or whatever the heck, right? Like, so. Who knows what those models are? <laughs> plus licensing, plus toys, There's tons of that stuff in the the shelves and Amazon, all the battle damage Kong action figure. Hmm. Four, I'm sure they they absolutely a break. Yeah, the break even point was a, at least three hundred and thirty million, and it's grossed over four hundred. So, in a pandemic, like which again, that has to be like there has to be some sort of an asterisk there, like. If you passed your break-even point in theaters in a pandemic where you're like, Canada, Canadian theaters are mostly shut down, right? So that's like a population of 30 million just not going to see it. Like a bunch of other cities, and depending on where you are in the world, are shut down. So and Even if they're open, lots yeah, the, of people just won't go. Do we want to rank these guys? Do you I rank them so. together? Yeah. We, I don't think we rank them together. but No, I think they're, they're, they're separate films. Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know. That's just you guys can do King of Monsters first. I like mm. King of Monsters. I did Scott, is the, Scott is the Scott is the pivot point here. He's seen both. I still don't yeah, think it, it was great. But if you're familiar with Godzilla, it it was a Godzilla movie more than uh, the Breaking Bad one, more than the Matthew Broderick one. You know. It was a giant monster coming out to fight other monsters mm-hmm. and got charged up by nuclear radiation. Would it beat Baby Driver? I do not think so. Where's Baby Driver? 76. Under Top I, Gun. I would I would posit that neither beat Baby Driver. Because mm. like, never not neither of them... Well, Kong the Skull Island is 79 right now. I would put it above... Kong Skull Island. So would I. I. Like more. Yeah. Now you're into Fast but, and Furious territory, though. Yeah. <laughs> talking about some big franchises here. <laughs> <laughs> but Murder on the Orient Express, I was not a very big fan of. I would put this. I would. I would put it above Murder on the Orient Express and below ah, Baby Driver. I love it. That sounds perfect. Yeah. That's where it's going to go. Yeah. Godzilla so King of Monsters above Murder. Yeah. Below Baby Driver. Below Baby Driver. I'm a little uh, sad Baby Driver is down at 76. I rewatched it, and I, I I love it more having rewatched it. It's again, it, again, it's it's a technical achievement, yeah. but without without the that, it's a kind of rudimentary film. Of course like, it is. Of course. But and and that's that's where like that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's literally an incredibly high ranked gimmick movie. 
Like, because, like, none of the performances are that great. The plot line is pretty stupid. Like, the romance is forced. But absolutely everything as an edited piece of action cinema is brilliant. Cinema. Everything else about it is kind of mediocre or even subpar in some cases. Like, the romance is trash. Yeah, it's terrible. Edgar Wright, though, you're the man. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so King, Godzilla, King versus Kong, Kong versus... I could see it getting a little higher. It was real fun. Not too much oh, higher, nice. though. It, it probably should go above Ready Player One. Yeah, like I said, I, I could see it getting past Ready Player One. I could see it getting past Star Wars. You guys were way too nice to Ready Player One. Yes. I don't know. I rewatched part of it. You guys were way too nice to Ready Player One. I was the one who really hated that movie. Uh, I rewatched it, though, and it still kind of delivers. Like in terms of just visuals, like it's it's nonstop eye candy. That's why I find it's correctly located around Baby Driver. <laughs> like, all right. Well, Star Wars uh, Episode Seven. I think it could go above. Wow. And then, um, then I'm kind of hitting it. I don't necessarily see it going much higher. Mm, I would disagree. I don't think I would put it above the Ninth Gate, which. I, th- I would put it above Star Wars in terms of, like, blockbusters. They're oddly comparable. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, big franchises with lots of history and fanfare hmm. and fan service. There's a that, that's the thing I think that I... Yeah. I think the reason I'd put it above Episode 7 is it, like, it delivered on the fan service that I want. But you're a bigger kaiju fan than I am, so, like, I, I, I'm coming into this as a, as a casual Godzilla <laughs> fan. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah. like for me, it delivered on the fan service of I just I don't understand Godzilla. why you guys aren't bigger Godzilla fans. It's campy and it's dumb and it's full of. I think it's just I, I haven't had the opportunity to see a lot of them. It's not like they were in movie stores that I frequented, and I just never got around. I guess to downloading them. It was like I said. It was it was horror was first and foremost, and then like campy sci-fi was like second. Then like kung fu and then kaiju. That was my my camp cult movie rental order of operations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my ceiling is Hunt for Red October. Hunt for Red October is a tight movie. And... Sure is. Yeah, I don't know. It's, so it's it's your your call on your call on Slow West because I haven't seen it. Uh, I would rather watch Godzilla vs Kong over Slow West. So there we Easily. go. Slow West is slow. Very good, but. <laughs> You cannot eat popcorn during that movie. <laughs> um, shush you. Slow Hunt for Red October above Slow West. Are we going to keep it going with big, dumb, stupid blockbusters? Yeah. Scott and I Scott and I watched another big, dumb, stupid blockbuster. It's rare that we get two theatrical releases in the same show, so. Mortal Kombat! Man, and I have very mixed feelings about this movie. <laughs> In, okay. Bro- broad paintbrush statement. It delivered most of what it promised, but there yeah. are some, but then didn't deliver the most important thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, What's the most the, important thing? The Mortal I mean, Kombat tournament. The Mortal Kombat tournament. <laughs> Does not happen. They they talk about that they're getting so I mean yeah so the, the 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 high 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 level plot is that it's the 
if the Outworld and Shang, Shang Tsung and, and crew win the 10th Mortal Kombat tournament, they get to take over Earth. Right. And they're just like, well, screw it. If there's no competitors, we'll just win. So they're going to try to, like, preempt it. Uh, so the entire movie takes place with them trying to kill Earth's competitors because, like, the, the the plot line that they have is that if you have that little the Mortal Kombat symbol on you, you're an automatic entrant. So if they just kill everybody with that symbol on them, like it's like a birthmark or whatever, and if you have it, for instance, John, if you have one and I kill you, it transfers to me. Mm-hmm. But I guess if an Outworlder does it, it's just fine because then they're like the only entrance in the tournament would be Outworlders, so like Earth would forfeit. Right, so the entire movie is Shang Tsung and his cohorts trying to kill people so that they can't even start the tournament. So they're talking about the tournament a lot, and they do not get to the tournament in the film. <clears throat> Earth, I guess, like pushes them back enough. Like it's obviously the lead into a sequel, right? Even though there's no sequel apparently greenlit yet, but I think it, it has enough hype and is doing enough. Like they what, made like, stupid amounts of money, considering it, it's low, it low budget AF. Yeah. Right, like they're mm-hmm. like for for when we're looking at these, was it under a hundred million that it was made for? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it, and it did like blockbuster movie money. So, <laughs> I mean, bring it on because the fights were fine, and the although I do think the fighting could have been better, but what the fights maybe lacked for in terms of like being like real top notch choreography, they made up for in like Sam Raimi esque absurd kills all over the yes. place. <laughs> So, so Scott, your, your thoughts. I really liked it as it was on the TV screen. I was on board. I'm like, yeah, kill everything. Finish him. <laughs> All the lines from the video game. And then it ended. And I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> like trying to think of one sentence that would explain why I liked it. Just led me down these huge paths of everything that was wrong. The only real movie. answer is screaming Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you like it? Mortal Kombat! Yeah. And like, it was long in parts. Um, there was absolutely no single person. There was, there was one character in the whole movie that had any character to them. And that it's, was Kano. It's Kano and he's the best. <laughs> Everything Kano says and does is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> fucking whoops is the greatest line in like cinema history. What? <laughs> they're all they're, like, so he gets the mark, and they're like, they're they meet Kung Lao and uh, Liu Kang, Liu Kang, Liu Kang, and Kung Lao, and they're like, well, we need to train you uh, and do whatever, and then like come into the sacred training grounds or whatever. And Sonya Blade doesn't have the mark, and like she like goes to like walk in with Kano and the new guy and whatever else, and like Kung Lao is like, I'm sorry, only who those who bear the mark may train on the sacred battleground. And Kano was like, oh, fucking whoops. <laughs> Just like right in her face. <laughs> and it's like the greatest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the worst part though is like, I he's, mean, he's, he's not, a little shithead the whole movie. If it's he's not always Trendo, throwing away garbage lines. Hashtag Kano did nothing wrong. In my opinion. They were mean to him. Like, it's true. Like, like so they're, the, the good guys are shitting all over Kano because he killed one of the fighters with the mark and has his own mark now. And they're like, this guy killed someone and took his mark. But I'm like, he seems like a pretty competent fighter to me, as exemplified from the fact that uh, new guy, Cole... So I guess pause. Press a pause in the whole situation before we get back to defending Kano. I think the worst mistake that it made is that they introduced a new guy. 
There's Who's three. not in the film in, in the game? Nope. Oh. We introduced Cole Guy McGuireson, who is a descendant of Scorpion, so like he has a tie-in to the the game, and he's like he's the Wait, bloodline. Scorpion's dead. Scorpion's very dead, but Scorpion's dead in the game too, right? Like he was. That's his whole thing. Is Scorpion's undead? Sub Zero killed his wife and family like hundreds of years ago, uh-huh. and Scorpion fought his way out of hell for revenge. Scorpion's been dead since day one. Okay, okay, but he's still in it, right? And he's still in this mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But this is this is Scorpion's actual blood descendant through I the see. hundreds of years I see. I see. of the feud or whatever. So it's like he does have a tie-in, but he's an absolute new character, which I'm like, how am I expected to care about you in any way, shape, or form? Well, maybe he can like, get killed in a good way. No, he's the hero. He's like very much <sighs> the center of the film. Like, yeah, it's Scott. Your feelings on Cole? Uh, unnecessary and. Never gets a cooler name than Cole either. Like they're not like he's never like I'm Shadow Knife or whatever. Like give yourself a Mortal Kombat name. Like everybody else is doing it. <laughs> and and with the the depth of characters that they could choose from, like the, like the those three villains that show up. Well, yeah, the cast of characters that Mortal Kombat has established in the last thirty years is is long. You yeah. just pick any of them and make it that guy. Well, apparently, like, the, the big thing was that it was bouncing back and forth as to whether it would be Johnny Cage or not. And then they were like, it's not going to be Johnny Cage because then... And that's the tease at the end, is that the Johnny Cage is going to be potentially his own standalone movie before. <laughs> like, So they're saying it might go Mortal Kombat, Johnny Cage, then Mortal Kombat 2 when they actually oh. get to the tournament. Do you, you know what the best idea for that is, Keith? What? It's not Johnny Cage the movie. It's a Johnny Cage movie. <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> they don't go into like him making the movie or producing it. It's just some B-rate, hackneyed, <laughs> like, Jean-Claude Van Damme knockoff movie, American Ninja 4. Like, sam- like Samurai Cop? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like Samurai so Cop starring like Ryan Reynolds. People would John not get it. It would be... It, the, it thing would, the thing that would make it work is starring Ryan Reynolds. Like if as long right. as the action's okay, like the kung fu and stuff is okay, and everything else is bad, and you can actually like hang the lead on someone recognizable as Johnny Cage, I think you can do it. Hmm. Like I think that's the that's like the the way that like um like when they did uh what's his name the dynamite why am I blanking on it the the black exploitation movie that they redid um black dynamite black dynamite yeah exactly like. Yep. Like if they go, they go that route. I feel that there's, and they could again do it for nothing, right? <laughs> like because it would have no budget. Yeah, they could. God, they could just make. Don't even have to hire a screenwriter. Just make Bloodsport again. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, but then they landed on this other guy who never gets a cool Mortal Kombat name. It's fine. Your power. Yeah, he gets he has like a special armor that absorbs some power and then he has little like billy clubs that are also knives or something. Tonfas. Yeah. Tonfas. He's fine. He would I like like I was like <clears throat> we were uh like stream watching it with Andrew and Alex and I was like is this a Mortal Kombat character cuz like I've stopped playing at 3. I think like most of us cuz they're yeah. up to 10. Really? <laughs> yeah. Played... And Andrew was like, no, this is not a character from any of the games. And I was like, okay. I played the Xbox one that got really deep into the lore and mm-hmm. was kind of an MMO. Like <laughs> that, was, around. that was, I think, you play a Sub-Zero or whatever? Yeah. Maybe. 
No, Maybe. Man, there's yeah. a couple of them. There's, there's, you might, there's one that you play as Liu Kang and it's like running around, and there's one that you play as Sub Zero that you run around. And I remember both of those as like being kind of stupid. <clears throat> um, no, but yeah, so you played like uh, an Outworlder. Yeah, so that's Sub Zero. It wasn't Sub Zero because Sub Zero is an Outworlder. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so Cole and Sonya Blade, or Sonya Blade has previously kidnapped. Uh, Kano and his Cole is coming to meet him. So you meet Kano. He's tied up to a chair or is like chained in a chair, and they're all mad at him for killing this other guy. Reptile straight up attacks them, lights everything on fire, and is spitting acid all over the place. <laughs> Kano uses the acid to like break his chains and then kills Reptile, and they're all like, "This doesn't mean we're like this isn't thank you and whatever." And I'm like, "Why the hell not?" Kano really saved your asses here while he was chained up. Like Reptile was about to kill you, and he like he saved the day. And then said Kano wins fatality when he did it. And then he also chartered a plane for them to fly them out to the middle of the desert to find the like the temple where only he knew where it was. I was like, and they're just shitting on him constantly. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't seem like the greatest guy to work with. But like, he's really coming through, having both saved your life, knows where the temple is, and is arranging transportation to the temple. And you're like, you're an asshole, Kano. And I was like, no wonder he betrays them. Like, he betrays them inside with the bad guys because the good guys are like, really mean to him <laughs> like but but the rest of them they just they have no discernible character traits other than i am a good guy which they kind of always did though i never really thought like mortal Kombat was known for like i wasn't like this guy's cool outside of this guy looks cool like, they don't that's really all have characters it's a fighting game what the fuck no, but the first movie had a little bit of character traits like Luke sure. Kang and Johnny Cage had interactions with each other that made sense Johnny Cage was pompous Luke Kang was humble and wanted revenge for his brother uh, you know even Sonya was tired of, of dealing with misogyny mm. none of that happens in this movie they're all like I'm the good guy okay we have to do this seriously okay we'll do it <laughs> Jax like, gets his arms ripped off, then he gets crappy robot arms, and then it turns out... Oh, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, like, the way they justify everybody having powers is... Is it Kana or Arcana? I don't really know. Chi? Uh... Well, but they say Kana, but I don't know if they're saying Arcana or Kana. I wasn't really paying that much attention, <laughs> <laughs> like, to the dialogue. Anyway, so it's, like, once once you, like, yeah, zero into your Kana, uh, you can get to have, like, that's how you throw fireballs and stuff. So they kind of, like, hand wave... Why some people Magic. Can do stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're sort of like, but and Kano once again, he's like, he's like, wow, this kind of stuff's all over the map, isn't it? You throw fireballs, he gets a hat like the Kung Lao, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. Yep. <clears throat> but that hat has one of the best kills in the entire thing. Oh yeah, where, uh, Kung, Kung Lao shoots the hat into the sand, and it's spinning in the sand, and then he like arcs one of the flying characters like as she comes at him like like straight down so the thing just like cuts itself in half at high speed across the spinning buzzsaw of his hat and then he like whips his hand and the hat flies back into his hand mm-hmm. you're like and i'm like yeah i was like when you watch that you're like yeah that's not Wasn't what else fatality yeah oh yeah, yeah. there's even yeah they even immediately after that happens john he looks at the camera and goes flawless victory yeah <laughs> <laughs> the best yeah, there's a couple of fatalities that are snuck in there. There's an animality that gets knocked, thrown in there. Lu, when Lu, Lu Kang uh, throws a fire punch over like a pit of gasoline or whatever, and the fire morphs into a dragon, and the dragon eats the bad guy. Hmm. Nobody says animality, but that was an animality. 
it is, again, fine when you're watching it and then it finishes and you're like, what? It really feels like um, Alex Rose wrote a not scathing review, but like he's like, he's like, this is dumb and I'm, there's no way I can give it more than like two or three stars at most. He's like, but for a dumb movie, it's, it's fine. Yeah. But the, I think the thing that the, even giving it as many stars as you want for it being dumb Mortal Kombat nonsense, it really feels like the first half of a movie because they do not get to the Mortal Kombat tournament, even though everybody's talking about it for the whole thing. Mm. And the bad guys were not defeated. <laughs> And the bad guys were not defeated. They were, well, I mean, like, a bunch of them were. Sub-Zero was, but that's about it. Goro was very dead, sir. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> like, he's, a, and I mean, yeah. like, he gets as much much screen time as Goro can get. Like, he's not a character. He's a big four-armed guy. But he has a big <laughs> throwdown, and he's very dead. And, like, they kill off the Shang Tsung's OG crew. But, like, but you know from the game, like, Shao Kahn is actually in charge and there's like statues of them in outworld and whatever while they have the scenes there so mm. it's like if you played the games and there's like you know what's coming they're there yeah you're like yeah shang Tsung works for shao Kahn, and this is just his thing there's also and this is obviously kind of nitpicking but we, we immediately pointed it out while we were watching it a lot of this is all on raiden man <laughs> like like where the 10th tournament is coming <laughs> And you know that there's, like, the marks are the people who can enter in. And now this is, like, two weeks before the tournament, and Raiden's like, you'll never be trained in time. I'm like, this is on you, Raiden. This guy has had this birthmark his whole life. He's been a cage fighter fighting in the UFC or whatever his entire life. And Raiden is like, you'll never be trained in time. I was like, this is your fault. (laughs) Like, the second you saw this guy on UFC 151 or whatever the hell with the dragon tattoo, you'd be like, Yo, get this guy into the temple. Let's let's train him up like we did with Kung Lao and Liu Kang. Not yeah. wait till a week before the tournament. And even then, they didn't really wait. He showed up there. Yeah, they found him. Like I don't <laughs> know if that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it wasn't because Raiden adopted Liu Kang when he was a baby. He was like, <laughs> I got this guy. I guess we're good. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a bunch of marks floating around, but I guess I'm gonna hang all my hopes on Liu Kang for this one. Uh, it's yeah, never done me wrong in the past. Wait, we lost nine in a row. Damn it. Yeah, we've. Yeah. <laughs> it's very dumb. Why aren't we training these guys way more? Um, yeah, you want to rank it? I feel. Sure. I feel below Godzilla versus Kong, below King of Monsters. Deep, deeply flawed, but a lot of fun. I don't know where. Where's the zone for that? No. Pacific Rim? The Bad Batch, Mr. Dynamite, Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. Like this is kind yeah, of that's about Jurassic World. This is the. This is probably where it goes. Maybe below Chappy. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> below mm. Chappy, can I, maybe a little lower? Ant-Man the Wasp. The Old Royale is really fun. So was Ant Man and the Wasp. They throw pests uh, at people. So maybe above or above Sonic? Above Sonic, below Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think that's right. Two video game movies right together. Uh, below Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, it, it did get me thinking a lot about Mortal Kombat, though, after I was watching it. Because, like, yeah, I really haven't played any of them since, like, literally, I think, three. Keith- let me let me read to you. 
who actually is the lead character of Deception. Uh-huh. It's Shujinko, oh. which is literally Japanese for protagonist. Nice. <laughs> so you play as a protagonist who runs around uh, in Outworld, meeting all of the Mortal Kombat characters. Neat. So you're like you're a protagonist. Cole. Yeah. Or Cole, <laughs> as it were. Or Cole, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and like so, when I went kind of down a, a like a, a little click hole about Mortal Kombat and stuff after <laughs> after all this, just finding out how many there were and looking at all the other characters and all that, and <clears throat> multiple creators on both sides, they're like, the game that everybody wants and has never happened is Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter, like. Which is very like, different games, that, like and and absolutely, and that, yeah. and it's it's apparently it's largely Capcom that doesn't that kind of pumps the brakes on it at all times, mm-hmm. because they're like our characters don't get their heads ripped off, mm-hmm. and I was like right, and I was like, and that's like almost an insurmountable problem, <laughs> where mm-hmm. like how like violence can you make the 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 stupid fatalities? They did a DC in Mortal Kombat game, didn't they? It was violent yeah. as hell. Yeah, they did. It was Injustice or whatever. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, Superman was a goddamn badass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's done where he's the bad guy, right? So yeah. And his fatalities and all that stuff. But I think that it's, it's got, weird. Because... That's the one that's got free fall combat, where you can both fall off the edge and yeah, still yeah, fight yeah. on the way down. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But yeah, but I think that that's not... Like, they can get away with that because even it's like an Elseworld DC setting... Right, like as it exists in the DC universe, it's still not core world. And second of all, it's already like what third or fourth down in terms of list of like where the pure DC fan expects to see their thing. Mm-hmm. Right, like you know where you're just sort of like there's like comics, movies, TV shows, and then they're also in the Mortal Kombat game. Like Street Fighter, they're on equal playing field in terms of like this is their thing. And yeah, it is really like I think. Kind of a deal breaker to see a Street Fighter character get fatalityed. You know, like it's like you could see them doing a fatality maybe, but then even then, not really. Like, kind of like you never really get the impression you're killing anyone in Street Fighter, <laughs> which is like a weird, like, mark of the franchise. Yeah, and it's not like DC cares about killing their characters. They keep giving them the Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Were, you, were either of you guys like heavily into Mortal Kombat? I, I remember putting a lot of time into one and two. Yeah. Never in the arcades. It was never a, a quarter muncher for me. And I played them on the Genesis. And then I think I maybe did a little bit of a run on three. I remember it being a very big deal because I was a little young for it. So like turning on the blood and being like blood and like whatever else. And like also it was like a big game that like it because it looked different enough because it had that fmv crap like whatever mm-hmm. like yeah. kind of looked like people that's what I it rem- started off as it was a tech demo for some guys animation stuff and <clears throat> yeah. like they figured out how to record people and then translate them into into whatever it was it was like when Mortal Kombat one came out it was light years ahead of other other arcade games in terms of how good the the animation looked yeah the sprites yeah. were no, bigger I- than almost anything else and they looked super cool and they looked like people. And like I said, I, I really remember it being a big deal when like someone rented it and it was like everybody on the block was like crowded yeah. around looking at the blood <laughs> and like whatever else. But then it never, every time I went back to it as like an adult, I was like, oh, this is not 
a compelling fighting game, like compared to going back to like Street you Fighter just 2 had to, or whatever. You, it was a different style than Street Fighter 2. And if you played all mm-hmm. your time on in the Street Fighter series and the Capcoms, they like they have a kind of feel to them. Mortal Kombat has a different feel to it. They I don't know that they ever like it. It got as developed as the Street Fighter one did. Like the if you were really 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 good at Mortal Kombat, it ended up being a lot of cheesy combos, yeah, oh. juggles and stuff like that. John, <laughs> there's a scene in the movie where Kano yeah. is learning from Liu Kang to like actually fight, and Liu Kang low sweeps him over and over <laughs> again, like multiple times. He's like, "Okay, now I'm ready." <laughs> sweeps him, <Yeah. laughs> just like continual leg sweeps. Which there was a Mortal Kombat too when I was doing karate, and we would do me and Jeremy would do karate, and then we would go and play Mortal Kombat, and I lost a lot of quarters in that game. But <clears throat> like the cheesy move of Liu Kang doing sweep kicks to keep you away in the corner. Yep. It yep. happened in the movie. Classic. Any, anybody doing leg sweeps, though. Like, I feel that there's a lot of characters that had pretty... Like, Liu Kang was a, probably the top one. But mm-hmm. I remember almost anyone, if you could time your leg sweeps, you could easily get, like, two or three in uh, with uh, most just, characters. Yeah, I think I played 1, 2, and 3 a lot. And then I played Deception when I had the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And that was about it for me. Because that Deception game was really bad. Yeah, well, it's... I don't has has a fighting game ever like made a jump like into another genre successfully? Hmm. I don't think so. I, it's it's been attempted a couple times. Like Mortal yeah. Kombat's done it. Like I know the. I feel like there's been other stuff. <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, I was always a Street Fighter kid, and uh, this Mortal Kombat movie makes me hope that one person like. We'll make a Street Fighter film now. If we can make fighting games movies again, if we can reboot every like Spider Man every five years, give me another Street Fighter. Like, do it right this time. Sure, why not? Nothing wrong with that. I can watch that animated movie over and over again. Yeah, I've, and and that's the thing. I think that in large part because they're animated and like the way that they're drawn is, I feel that. The, and again, I played more time in them, <clears throat> but. I never, like, I felt that the characters, because I think, again, I think maybe because they were cartoons, they had more personality than the Mortal Kombat guys. Like, if you were to, like, to look at, like, the cast of Street Fighter next to the cast of, like, Mortal Kombat, I could tell you, like, oh, that's the, like, American guy or whatever. Like, they had, like, personalities drawn into them, which I think is just, like, from the fact that they're drawn, like they're drawn from a world of anime where you're like, yeah, you need to have like kind of visually expressive things. And then Mortal Kombat was kind of limited by the fact that they were motion capturing dudes in karate gear and whatever else, you know? So they all had that, like, they just looked like guys in costumes at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think that you could make a pretty good street fighter movie because the, the characters are sort of floating around. Huh. Neato. Uh, what else is up guys? We're, we're getting the near, near the end of the hour here. We talked about a lot of silly movies, which is... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier finished. And? It was good. Man, it really picked up. Huh. Yeah. It it ended strong. It it ended more relevant and kind of paid off on some of that moral heavy-handedness that they put in the first episode. What was the plot line in, in general? Well... In the comic books, more people than just Steve Rogers have been Captain America, right? <clears throat> so Bucky became Captain America. Uh, John Walker was Captain America before a big fight with Steve. Is that like a cross between John Waters and 
Walker, Texas Ranger? I think it's more Johnny Walker. That's, oh. that's the joke. American Whiskey, John Walker. Yeah. Captain he America. Was, he, he ends up being a U.S. agent who's like a big Marvel character. Mm-hmm. And uh, Falcon. I guess, I guess like five or ten years ago, yeah, Falcon became Captain America too. So this is kind of the Marvel Universe film universe saying, let's make a Captain America TV show without Steve in it. And they did. They, they took three characters who all have weird issues and... And we all have like claims to actually being Captain America in the comic. Yeah, and in the movie universe. Yeah, like Steve's best friend from World War Two, Steve's best friend from fighting Thanos, and the U.S. government saying this guy is Captain America. Yeah, the Cap- Captain America is a title issued by the U.S. government. So here's the next one. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it was. It was good. And, and, and the plot line is, uh, I've, I put it down in the middle of the show, and maybe I'll go back to it during my workouts, but the plot line is there's more people that have the superhero serum, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, science keeps moving forward. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to get it eventually, even if it's not perfect. And does and, it lead yeah. into the films? Does this make you like excited for upcoming Marvel stuff? Well, I mean, do you want the spoilers? Sure. I feel there's a, there's like there's a real chance that I will just read them if I want to go see a Marvel. Like if I don't finish this before, uh, I was going to say the Mansion of Madness comes out, Multiverse of Madness comes out. I'll just I'll read the Wikipedia spoilers. So you can... Multiverse of Madness is four movies away, right? Well, then what's the next one? Black Widow. Black Widow, and that's a prequel. Yeah, it's Black Widow, and then. Um, upcoming MCU films. So the next, the most recent one is going to be, excuse me, oh, Shang-Chi and the Legend Shang-Chi. of the Ten Rings. Yeah. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and... Eternals. Um, Eternals. And Venom, Let There Be Carnage, jammed in the middle there. <laughs> uh, that's going to be, that's going to be a Sony movie, though. That's not going to be MCU. Get out of here, Sony. Yeah. Uh, the last Spider-Man movie is going to show up there, too, and the next Thor movie, too. Love and Thunder and um, uh, No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home. And the last one they've announced is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yeah. And then in the new teaser trailer they released for Phase 4, it kind of ended with the Marvel logo looking like it was in the middle of the Fantastic Four logo. Yeah, so this is so they have also announced after Black Panther in 2022 Mar- the Marvels. Oh yeah, that's uh, Captain Marvel and looks like Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. Looks like there's going to be Ant Man on the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, and then Guardians the uh, Guardians Volume Three, and then yeah, there's the they've announced a Fantastic Four movie and there's a director attached, but there's no release on it. Did you guys see that picture of um? Oh, shit. Let me pull it up. Someone had proposed who they think should be the cast of the Fantastic Four movie. No. And Ryan Reynolds' pick for it is uh, the gang from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> if they wanted, if they wanted I to have... I want to go to that. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. If they 
wanted to fix and have everybody on board with the Fantastic Four again, it would be the greatest. Wow. Oh, man. And then... Danny uh, so, DeVito is the thing. Just, just perfect. There's, I guess there's the, there's the questions of... Uh, so Deadpool is going to exist with an R rating and it, and Figgy says he's going to exist exist in the in the MCU which is weird <laughs> I mean no that's not weird it it's caused so much of it in like it into question though like Why? he barely exists inside the X-Men Fox universe and they're so obsessed with having like stuff pop up and creep in and be all over the place and I'm just like it's weird. He is what he is. It's very hard to make him into something. Oh yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like I, I would have, I would have just said, okay, yeah, we're going to do it and take the money and not try to jam him in the MCU. I feel that that's like the mistake is not that they're making Deadpool three; it's that they're trying to make it a part of the MCU. Like, it's weird. I feel like they're going to throw some of the MCU into Deadpool three and not make Deadpool part of the MCU. That's probably fair. Yeah, he might cameo with a couple of Avengers who will want nothing to do with him and storm off. Yeah. Also fair. I've been reading a lot of... Uh, I've been reading I mean, the, the third volume of uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool. Which is pretty fun. Just like it, It's just the, the two wisecrackingest like, Marvel characters just, just teaming up on adventure after adventure. And it's basically the, the premise is... Uh, Deadpool just really wants Spider-Man to be his best friend. <laughs> and it's just like, he's like, come on, we can team up. I'm an Avenger now. And stuff. And like, Spider-Man's like, you really aren't. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I am. They never said I wasn't. <laughs> like, I joined them that one time. And it's like, this is like, he's still married to like, Sheikla at this point and all that stuff. He's like, you're married to an actual demon princess. <laughs> My favorite Deadpool comic book moments is still during Secret Invasion. He is told that Skrulls have impersonated a bunch of people. They're, they're living amongst us. And he's trying to hunt them down. And he ends up at a baseball game when he sees the Philly fanatic. And he runs onto the field and starts to kick the crap out of them. Because <laughs> he is convinced that that green monstrosity of a mascot is an alien. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> <laughs> everything about it was delightful i could read that book over and over again the the best uh in the, in the spider-man versus deadpool thing is they're like they're often like trading one-liners and whatever and like and, and deadpool is like critiquing spider-man for having like more cutesy one-liners and stuff than he has to and he's just sort of like and he's like now he's, what was it he was just sort of like now nah, just throw in like deadpool goes spider-man he's like throw in some um he's like he's like throw in more dick and fart jokes and then you can be the like the bargain basement spider-man like me <laughs> it's just like... Also, was Deadpool always Canadian? Yep. Delightful. Right on. They they part they the, say he's part of the Weapon X program. Oh. I knew the Weapon X program was based in Canada, but I don't think it was done by the Canadian government. Yeah, totally was. We could never wow. do anything that, that <laughs> they shut down the Avro Arrow project and the Weapon X program <laughs> until until it was retconned. They did retcon it to make it American because the Weapon X project became the Weapon 10 project. Yeah. And Captain America was Weapon 1. It's all a continuation of uh, Erk Science project. Yeah. 
but yeah, there's also uh, <clears throat> the, the Spider-Man and Deadpool, I guess, were in the team-up phase. I think this is around like 2017, maybe, uh, during the Monsters Unleashed phase mm-hmm. of stuff. So there's like a one-shot where Spider-Man and Deadpool team up to fight a big kaiju in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> and Deadpool's very excited. And, sure. and like and Spider-Man is like, they're like, how do you know how to skate? And he's like, all Canadians know how to skate, Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's one where he fights Venom and the symbiote ends up on Deadpool and is like, nope. No dice. I, w- I will say so. I was Do like, not like, like, will not merge. I was picking through the like the, the back catalog of stuff that's available on Comixology Unlimited and they had volume one of the Clone Saga and like volume one was a thousand pages and like, and it, and it was like everything because it was like, it, it, it wasn't one of those like assembled like here's the main eight storylines it was like every single spider issue every issue of anything that had to relate to it and then i was like the 70s with the jackal stuff it's dark it starts in no not in the 70s but it starts in the 80s with some of the jackal stuff no that's 1976 when the jackal introduces the clone it's like a one-off issue so maybe that's in there too then (laughs) just like it's and i was like i I think i started reading like one or two issues and i was like this is awful and i know i was like i was like how bad is it is it as bad as people say oh man it's bad (laughs) it's so stupid it like i remember the the tv cartoon it was pretty cool well because they 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 crunched it down there were so many so the 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 storyline was they basically said the to the went to the writer's room and they said dc just did superman death of superman and did nightfall and they were like the biggest selling comics ever. And they're like putting us in the ground. Marvel needs to come up with something as cool as that. It's got to be one of the flagship players. It's got to be Spider-Man. And some whatever douchebag was like, he's a clone. It's never been the real Spider-Man. And it freaking worked, right? Like the first stretch of it was like everything was back on top. All the Spider-Man issues were flying off the shelves. Everybody was talking about it. And that's apparently where everything went to shit was... They just kept extending it and extending it and extending it. And it's full of like, it's lost, right? It's got like, it's all the shit in lost where they're like, and now this, who showed up here? Who is it? So what happened was some editor was like, well, in the seventies, in a one issue, one single issue, a bad guy made a clone of Spider-Man and they fought and Peter Parker won. But what if he didn't? What if if the clone won? Mm -hmm. And ever since 1976, the person who's been Spider-Man that we've been reading about is actually the clone. Mm-hmm. That That's the twist. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, to stretch it out, they, they made three more clones, I think. So many more clones. They kept introducing characters for no reason with like mysterious godlike powers. <laughs> Just to hand wave yep. a bunch of shit. They also, but yeah, oh yeah, that was the other, that was the other mandate from up on high was they were like, we gotta get Peter Parker not married to Mary Jane because he's much more fun when he's like single and sad. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an also end state of this. But yeah, they originally planned it to be six months, and it ran for like two years. And don't forget, this was in it touched everything Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, Spectacular Spider Man, Web of Spider Man, and Agriculture Spider Man. So. For like two years, four issues a month, plus annuals, plus specials. This was the story. This was all you got. For so long. For so long. And it never it never goes anywhere. Of course, 
all the fans who had been buying these books were just like, wait, you mean to tell me that the guy I've been reading about isn't the real Spider-Man? I hate you. I don't want Harry Cavanaugh. <laughs> Harry Cavanaugh was the brainchild behind all this, right? He was the closest thing that they had. But then they fired him halfway through and kept yeah. the clone saga going. <laughs> like, yeah. it's God, it's Bob Harris was the editor for most of it. Yeah. Just let it completely go off the rails. Yeah. So it run it ran from what, ninety three to ninety five? Yeah, something like that. I'm trying to look for the first issue. So during the mid nineties, it ran from October ninety-four to December ninety-six. I was close. Dude, imagine a comic event that lasts twenty-six months. Over four titles. And with with also but like stuff that popped up like he like Daredevil was in there. Uh like some he like so some of the Daredevil issues were involved mm-hmm. in it. New Warriors had mm-hmm. four or five issues involved in it. Oh, it just keeps it like X-Men popped up in it. Like, it's so stupid. It's crazy. It's absurd. Like, mm-hmm. and, and... And they didn't learn from it because they did it again with Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Right after the Clone Saga wrapped up, they're just like, well, that was a smashing success. Let's do another super long convoluted mega mm-hmm. event. Tom DeFalco, yeah. So Tom DeFalco said that under him, the Clone Saga would have been resolved in a different way. Uh, our plan was to, the original plan, our plan was to structure the Clone Saga like a three-act play. Act one would climax at around Amazing 400 when we revealed that Pete was the clone and Ben was the real guy. Act two would last about three months of publication and following ben adventure, Ben's adventures. And act three, Peter would triumphantly return as the one true Spider-Man. They were just sort of like, it all should have been done by like spring of like 95. Instead, December of 96. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that's a that's a rough book, man. Yeah, I, I couldn't I could not do it. I I I started it and was like I was like, is this as bad as as everybody says it is? And I was kind of like drawn into the completeness of the promise of the omnibus, and then like I saw a thousand pages and it was omnibus volume one. <laughs> I was like, Nope, I'm not reading like thousands of pages of what is like argued to be like a low point of the Spider Man. And the art isn't even good, right? Like, yeah, there's no real artists kicking around at that point, right? Like, at like least at Marvel. McFarlane, McFarlane and Larson had already left Spider-Man, so they weren't coming back for it. I guess you get a lot of um, what's his name, the guy that drew Ultimate Spider-Man. I don't know. Boo! What's his name? But yeah, so I might read Maximum Carnage. Oh. <laughs> Is it worse? It's shorter, at least, right? It it is shorter. Mm. Anyway. Uh, You're going to get a lot of Mark Bagley art. No. Uh, Anything anything else? We're we're feeling into garbage time meandering. Sure are. No, that's it. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Uh, The Clone Saga, I agree with you, um... John, it was pretty cool when the cartoon did it. And the cartoon did it as like a six-part episode. That's, that's exactly how long you need to do. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. 
If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.